<laughs> well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical Podcast with Jen and Lou. And uh, this episode, we'll be talking about the Taurus New Moon, but more on that in a minute. Uh, Jen, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Jen Duchen, and I am an Akashic healer, reader, teacher, numer- numerologist, and creator of the uh, Illuminating Journey Cards, and I guide my clients to find their or activate their soul's choice. Mm. And I am Louise Eddington, astrologer, author of two books, Modern Astrology and The Complete Guide to Astrology. And I guide women to find the tools to lift themselves out of confusion and stagnation so that they create a life that is wildly free, untethered and both extra and non-ordinary. And um, a little bit of housekeeping before we dive in to the chart and everything around it and pull cards. Uh, we take questions, weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com if you would like your question to be featured on the show. Um, also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash weirdlymagical. Um, we are now um, heading into the <laughs> realms of support where we'll be able to start producing patreon only com- uh, content but we just need a few more for three dollars a month to support running the running of the podcast and our time so um before we look at the chart um i normally kind of go through it but i think we're just gonna pull the cards first so jen do you want to show your card sure so from the illuminating journey card pack this is the card that came up the one soul portal one and i find it's really interesting that this is the card that's come up so um of course the number one is about new beginnings about focusing your uh, intention where you want to go and uh, this card is you can see all those who can't see there's a like a woman on horseback with a shield and she's going on this path towards like there's some kinds of buildings, uh, hills, there's kind of fire, and there's also a big pink kind of cloud with a, cha- a, cha- a chalice and a, and a shield or spinning shield or could be a portal. And there's a, a cloud in front of her that has a sword coming out and... Um, I think that's a really powerful message for this time. It's kind of funny that my eye is catching this, which looks in this uh, today, it kind of looks like a creature or a pot or something with legs. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, There's also a, a pink full moon at the top of the. Oh, right. That's and right. We're, we're recording this on the Libra full moon, which is known as the pink full moon. That's so wild. <laughs> So yes, it's like that idea of focusing your intention or your sword towards the thing that you're desiring, where you want to go as opposed to where you think you're supposed to go or should go. But this is about this true energy of activating uh, what you're here to activate. And It it reminds me of seeking the Holy Grail too. Yes. And, and, you know, of course, uh, the new moon that we'll be looking at is Taurus, which is very much about um, 
you know, ab abundance of all kinds, not just money. Well, uh, you know, physical comforts, everything. Um, and is that the Holy Grail we're being um, invited to uh, fight for or to move towards? Yeah. I should say. Right, stand up for and 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 kind of activate. I think that's a great point. Also, very earthy. You have all these aspects of earth, fire, clouds, kind of this mountain, this kind of building or sacred energy. You know, the earth. There's a lot of different elements that are um, speaking of the four-legged, the horse, right? It's very much about this idea of using your physical environment to create the, um, maybe the dream or the thing that you want to bring alive. And, and I find it interesting that the, the woman in the card is um, holding a shield um, because Pallas Athena, I'll be talking about her a bit when we look at the astrology. Uh, she's called the shield maiden for many. And, and she's a real uh, justice warrior, to be quite honest. She was um, Pallas Athena. You would go into battle, but only for a real just cause. And so she's kind of the, like the knight, female knights of the Holy Grail. So uh, we have right. her on that horse. Yeah. Right. Maybe this is her card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure cool and the card i pulled is the one that everybody goes oh <laughs> and i love but anyway it's death it's the scorpio car and suddenly i'm echoing oh it's gone and um if there's any wobbly sound people we apologize but apparently uh, you know because everybody's online at the moment um there's a lot of bandwidth issues and things because of people staying at home but i actually love this death card in this pack um we're, we're on a taurus um new moon and scorpio is the opposite point of uh, the opposite sign of taurus and this card really uh represents um the principle of letting go and moving forward with detachment you know we're really seeing the destruction of old forms and things right now and the thing i love about these tarot cards but and for those of you who can't see it it's always to look in the background because that's really what's coming. And, and we have this beautiful uh, dove of peace or Phoenix coming out of death's head at the top of the card. Uh, that's what it looks like to me anyway. What do you think, Jen? It looks like something's being woven out of the of death, the skeleton. Right. Also like this, almost like a crown or something. The head it looks like a crown. Yeah. And this idea of this, uh, what is, uh, what it makes me think about is kind of the, the, the value or the thing that's the really true for you, right? Yeah. It's your truth, like the crown of who you are, the crown of your intention. That's what's kind of focusing this energy. So the kind of coming to life or using what's left, right? Whatever needs to be transformed with this idea of being very connected to your crown. Um, and there's so, a series of swirly symbols kind of going up as if... Right, right. It's almost like, um, you know, bubbles or whatever when you're creating. And what I find actually interesting is that to me, it reflects exactly what uh, we were talking about in the card I got, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This idea of being very focused on what is true, using your physical being to create the idea that you're, you know, what's coming down from source, your imagination, what's possible. It's like 
creating what is possible because there's nothing left. Like you're not, you don't have all this encumbrance. You don't have all this extra stuff. And so it's all just like, what could you do knowing, you know, that you're supported in doing what is true for you and then having all these colors and potential and possibility. So yeah. it really is kind of, I'm just going to put my cord up. So there's some as, always, as always, they, they align. Mm. But even the figure, it's like kind of very interesting. The colors, the, you know, like you could say this figure on the horse could even, you know, in some ways sig signify the idea of what happens in death is what's the seed of death that brings or transforms life, like brings you back to life. And I want to read the quote that's in the fantastic um, book by um, Angelis Arian that com that accompanies these. This is the tough tarot that I use. And I just, she does a quote and I don't always read them, but I really like this one because um, it fits birth and death are not two different states, but they are different aspects of the same state. And that's Gandhi. I think that's some wonderful words to uh, live by in this uh, time where we're having really a death of the old structures and way of life and moving into this way of life. So, yeah. Right. And the idea here is not to be afraid of death, mm -hmm. right? It's the idea is to not dismiss death. Uh, one of the things that's so interesting about our, our kind of Western culture is this idea that we dismiss the things we're afraid of. Mm -hmm. We hide from them. We pretend they don't exist. Yeah. We disassociate from the dark, from the earth, from the sickness, from all that kind of thing. We try and right. shut it all away, right? Yeah. Right. We try to pretend it's not me, it's not my problem. I know what you're talking about. And so it it stops us from really dealing with the deeper energies. And we are moving into that time. I mean, not just with the Venus retrograde, which is a big part of that journey uh, that is happening. Uh, in May but so this is like the foreshadowing or the preparation of this uh, energy and and that's because it's a Venus ruled new moon um, Venus is very um, well she she doesn't go retrograde every year and um, the last time she went retrograde in Gemini was eight years ago so you know this there's various things this year that um, don't happen every year and they're kind of a lot of them are coming together in one year so we're going through a very intense time so the new moon itself um is um on april the 22nd in the us and april the 23rd in the, the uk and the rest of the world the uh, time of the new moon is at 3 26 a.m um british standard time or universal time and it's at three degrees and 24 minutes of taurus um, conjunct to Uranus which will be at six degrees on the new moon and also it's in square to um, Saturn in Aquarius and also aspecting the lunar nodes which will be changing signs there's a few things that will change signs in this lunar cycle that begins with this new moon um, Venus is well into her shadow of her retrograde and will turn retrograde on May the 13th. So we've got, we've kind of got a lot to talk about, but, um, and I didn't mention everything. It's impossible. So it's, it's a big new moon really with a lot happening in that cycle, not just in on the day of the, 
of the actual uh, new moon chart. So we'll be talking about a lot of that. But Jen, do you want to kick off with some thoughts? Yes, yes. And uh, what's so interesting is because this is April, and April is the month traditionally in the old days that the wheel of the year would begin. So it's the new beginnings. It's the time to seed new things. So of course, uh, we've had the full moon, and that's the ending, like the ending of the past, right? The one that's today, it's kind of, that's the end of whatever cycle we've been in. And now we're actually entering the next level of the Aquarian age. And um, I think this is the part where we're actually having to separate from what has been. And that's the culmination. It's like, okay, whatever was, was. And now here we are. This new moon is the new moon, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very appropriate that, of course, I mean, of course, it's like this every year, but it'd be having a different year this year. So it's not the same, but um, that it's a Venus ruled moon because Venus is about the earth. It's about that kind of energy. So what's fascinating, let's just look at the numbers. So first of all, the universal time, it's on April 23rd. So the 23rd is this royal line of numbers, very powerful. It gives us the courage to follow our convictions and follows the cards that uh, Lou and I got. Uh, so 23, the royal uh, lion. And with that, we have a 13 universal day, which I find fascinating because 13 is the number of the divine feminine. It's the number of... The death. Uh, right, it's the number <laughs> of death, actually, uh, in the sense of transformation. It's what we call the phoenix number. It's the cycles of life. So four relates, 13 is a four number, one and three is four. We're in a four year. This is in eight months well, a four months on uh, the calendar, eight in, um, so we have all these numbers that are activated and transforming us, helping us understand the four is about the earth, it's about death, it's about the seasons, it's about transformation, the four aspects of uh, transformational life. Um, so it w awakens that in us. And then we also have, and then if you're in, Pacific or wherever you are in the other part of the world where it's on the 22nd, that is also a four. So it's kind of crazy. We have this four and energy everywhere, right? Birthing and letting go of the old, like burying the dead. This is a time of burying the dead and going, we have to use that compost in order to create something new, to plant new seeds. And then with the three moon, now three is very much what I call the number of self-love. So it's all about expressing the self, daring to kind of awaken the child in us to experiment with life and not just sit on the sidelines thinking about stuff, but actually activating things, activating joy, experimenting with what is this, what's happening. So bringing in this kind of surge. If you think about feeding plants with compost, like all the compost from the dead or the transformation, it's allowing us to kind of, really put nutrition into the new, into this idea of exploring what is self-love? How do I express myself out in the world? And it's also fascinating because it's a three and then a 24 and two and four. Look, those are the two numbers, right? The 2020, which makes a four. And then it also adds up to a six. And three and six are both emotional numbers tied to love, how we love and kind of express who we are in the world. Mm -hmm. So this is really a time of being reminded we are being supported 
by choosing love, choosing to articulate who we are in the world by starting new things, innovating new things, trying new things and being uh, liberated and experimental and imaginative and creative because this is what we have to do, right? We actually have to plant new seeds, maybe seeds we've never planted before. And so what does that look like? And, and, you know, just to follow on these, some of the words that Jen has used, you know, I, I mentioned that the new moon is at three degrees Taurus conjunct um, Uranus. That's a very innovative um, kind of energy. Uranus is all about invention and innovation. And in Taurus, it's all about um, really getting in touch with the material world, getting your hands dirty, if you like. I don't know how many people are starting gardens now under this um, current lockdown we're in. I think um, as we enter April and, you know, spring in the colder climes, it's going to increase. People are going to really start uh, looking into growing food, um, getting back to more, um, just being more in touch with the cycles of the earth and um, crafting, like people are making masks all over the place. There's, there's going to be a big increase in that kind of creativity and innovation with this new moon and in this lunar cycle. Um, I think it is also aspecting uh, by square Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn being the traditional ruler of Aquarius, Saturn in Aquarius it has pretty much aligned with our uh, increased social or physical distancing because Saturn is boundaries and blocks and, and um, Aquarius is the greater humanity and greater social life, if you like. So we're being, but Saturn also has another aspect. Saturn is about mastery and it's about mastering this new way of being, I think, a lot in this new uh, this new moon with these innovative new ways of doing things, new ways of living. So we're not just reliant on, you know, you know what our culture's like. Well, you know, I'm speaking to the Western culture, of course, not I can't speak to everybody in the world. But, you know, going out for dinner two or three times a week, we can't do that anymore. We can't, you know, all these things we were used to. Um, you know filling our time with entertainment that's outside we we can't do that right now currently and I think we're going to get used to not doing that all the time with this um, lunation cycle and how things are beginning to shift and change mm. I also mentioned it's sorry I'll, I'll just finish this mm. if right. I also mentioned it's in aspect to the lunar nodes and the lunar nodes are at zero degrees of Capricorn and Cancer spending their last, um, how many days? 12 days in, in those signs as they shift back into Gemini and Sagittarius um, on May the 5th. And of course, the zero degree mark is, is a very crucial thing. It's like we're, we're here learning these last lessons of what these lunar nodes um, have meant in uh, Capricorn, the releasing end, releasing the attachment to outer rules and structures and things and moving towards coming into the family, coming into the home, looking after um, our loved ones and remembering as well that we're all in it together as one big human family. So uh, there's a lot of lessons around that as well. So, yeah, go on. Yes. Right. 
I was just agreeing with you when you were saying it. So yes, that's it's very much uh, in alignment. I find like what's first of all is the thirteen, uh, having that thirteen so prominent in the sense of what's happening. Uh, that's very much the energy of Uranus. It's very much the energy of Aquarius. It's a renaissance. This idea of you know whether we're birthing new gardens, looking of new ways to be more connected to ourselves, to our lives, uh, kind of recreating hobbies that mm. maybe are more earth connect, you know, more earthbound and more grounded, like gardening, cooking doing puzzles, you know, sewing. These are very earthbound activities. This is us being involved in our lives as opposed to the way we were before, uh, which is just kind of skimming the surface. Oh, we're, we're going to respond to other people's entertainment, to a movie, to a something, going somewhere, a restaurant. Uh, there's no really... It's not, there's no requirement for us to really do anything or be involved. And like here, it's like, oh, yeah, now we, if we want to have a movie, we're making our own little movies, or people are singing these, you know, different songs. They're doing all kinds of things to go, oh, what does it look like to be in a space when I don't have a canned entertainment, when I don't have um, kind of this uh, illusion of I'm being entertained? Because I, I find it, it's, it's kind of like very odd has been for me I, I you know just growing up in a country that people tended to be more social and go out more go out more in terms of relating to one another as opposed to um you know just sitting in front of something like i'm always fascinated or i have been now we're not doing it anymore people you go to restaurants and couples they don't even talk to each other they're just kind of like eating on their phone and stuff so it's like yeah this is so crazy right so it is amazing that moving into this age of aquarius where we believe that it and it is all about the um communication right it's a higher form of communication and so it is about technology but it's also about being mindful of how we use technology. Like right now we're, I mean, like me, myself, and I know plenty of other people are actually reconnecting with friends they haven't talked to in ages saying, let's connect and let's have a conversation. And probably these are some people you haven't talked to in ages. And it's just like, wow, this is actually fun. We can do all this, right? Yeah. We can connect on those levels. So I think looking at the 13, looking at the four, looking at the six, these are all about establishing a system, a home, a, a, a way of being uh, that's very much connected to love like loving our community loving what we do understanding free will um, i'm a great proponent of free will and i think this is a huge saturn in aquarius is about establishing the ground rules of free will so it's understanding like here's all the stuff here's all these resources and uh, taurus is very much about resources right it's about what do we have and how can we use that to to to, to do things that we believe in, like our values. What do we value? What are we willing to create? And so we're forced back into this new beginning of we're working with the land. We're working with what we have to uh, bring out new parts of ourselves that have been dormant. And this idea of Saturn going, okay, here is the container of how you're going to work. And uh, this idea of getting used to the idea that everyone has opinions everyone's going to do whatever they want we can have lockdown somebody can decide to break the lockdown and go out and do it 
And instead of us needing to police, which is the really extreme part of Saturn, is us learning that everyone makes choices and then they, they and all of us deal with the consequences of what happens. So when you choose to do something outside, sometimes it's a good thing, right? But sometimes it has a negative effect. So say you could die, You're, you can impact your family members. Um, we don't know, right? And those are choices you make. So how are you then going to be able to fit into a tribe as we move more into a tribal uh, thinking how will you, will you as a total individual who says, I don't care about anyone else, I'm going to do what I want, will you be accepted into a tribe? Because tribe cannot function without some kind of structure. And, and so rethinking the structure. I kind of think of the Saturn in Aquarius as learning social responsibility. Right, right. It's learning exactly. what I do affects somebody else it's right and and this is but that's the overall to me this is the big picture of this virus is going yeah. oh I am connected everything I do connects or impacts someone else so I can choose do I want to do it so I'm impacting people in a good way right if I go and work on my garden I create a work with the land or do things just like when I'm doing like the work that I do when I'm in the Akashic field or I'm teaching etc I'm uh, raising the vibration of the planet right whenever we're doing things we're either raising the vibration of the planet or we're lowering the vibration so if we're choosing to do things because we don't care about anyone else we're actually lowering the vibration because it's just about us when we're choosing to do things like plant and make masks and do all these things or hang with our families we we creating joy which is connected to that three like we're activating and with the joy we're raising the vibration we're expanding our ability to receive information and we're receiving it in a responsible way right as opposed to irresponsible as some people on the other spectrum will be like okay here's information how can i use this to control others and destroy and all that and then we have you know so it's wherever you land on the spectrum right and there will be some consequences, but it's if we buy, right? If we buy into the fear and all of those things, or like we want things to go back the way they were, then we kind of open ourselves up for more control as opposed to less, because we want to learn what is true for us. That's what's so fascinating to me about this moon, right? We are learning or planting what is true for us in the earth. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, you know, all that you said, you know, I've I've said a few times in a few of my daily posts that I, I have a really strong feeling that if we do not learn the lessons of this virus, there's going to be this big gaping hole where authoritarianism is going to swoop in and we are going to end up in, um, you know, <laughs> in uh, the handmaid's tale or something if we're not careful because i think it's a big lesson to humanity for sure and i don't mean to scare anybody because i think we do have the choice and we we are quite capable of learning these lessons even at the smaller levels you know um um i'm i'm calling my mum in england more regularly and because i know she's going to be home all the time we even laugh about it now because my mum has a you know she's 83 and she's always out but not anymore and so we're like like actually having really long conversations now because she's not so busy and I'm not so busy and we're reconnecting with people it's kind of very 
joyous in some ways, as Jen said, with the three, that, that feeling of joy and the innovative um, Uranus part of it is finding new ways to connect because we can't go out. For, uh, my buddies that I have breakfast with every now and again, we're having a virtual breakfast on Friday because we can't meet in person. So we, we don't have to feel this, um, you know, I, I see so many, and I do feel for them, I guess extroverts <laughs> i made a joke the other day about all of us introverts kind of going hmm, all this time now you're finding out what it's like to live in the uh, opposite kind of world <laughs> the extroverts have to stay home whereas the introverts have always felt forced to socialize um i don't know where i was going with that one i find that one really funny myself <laughs> rebalancing i think this is yeah. the thing is we yeah. rebalancing this idea of what's important yes. and what and how we can uh, be who we are so this is an opportunity to be more who we are to express our voices um I, it just comes to mind the uh, that that whole story about the naval uh, ship, the American, the oh. naval ship, where the, um, the captain made the decision to land to help his um, people, which is very Uranus-based, right? It's very much that Aquarian energy of that. And, you know, you can see Saturn at work. This is necessary. I need to do this so that they can... And then they, you know, the top brass whatever fired him because they didn't like that he had a heart. Um <laughs> And then apparently the person who's in charge, I don't remember his title, um, went flu. So I was listening to a thing, something, they were talking about how a woman who used to be uh, like some naval, major naval officer or something was talking about it. And how this guy flew to Guam. So this is like a major expense, a major time, you know, just a whole like putting attention into something that was unnecessary to prove a point an autocratic point right like i'm in charge you do what i say punish everyone and he went there and he was saying that their original captain was uh, whatever his name was I, i don't know if he was a captain um whatever his title is i should say um was uh stupid and all those things and there was a guy in the one of the guys who 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 yelled out uh, what did he yell out? Something like, I'm fuck that. Something like that. Like, fuck that. You know? That's very yours. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, he's just one of the guys in the thing. Like, like, what are you talking about? And that him speaking out, right, makes the, actually the guy had to apologize about what he said. But it's like, we love this guy who took care of us. And now you're coming and telling us, like, we're looking at you to help us move through this, right? You're and not supporting you're, us. And you're calling right. in sleep and not following the rules. <laughs> right. But you're not supporting us. Like you, that means you don't care about us. All you care about is uh, that we can be robots. But now people are not robots anymore because we've had all of this, this opportunity to go, oh, I can do this. Right. I can move away from the rigidity of what I'm supposed to do or who you think I am. It's like, yeah, all the rules are out the window. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you're not in charge. So this is what we have to be aware of. The people who are acting like they're the leaders, uh, you know, that's a temporary position. 
It's like yeah. we have to recognize we have to be leaders in our lives. We need to speak up. We need to act on the things we believe in as opposed to trying to police others, right? So that's a perfect example, this guy trying to police everyone else when mm -hmm. he should be taking care of what's important, right? And to a degree, trying to police, um, you know, our leaders, you know, I, I understand, you know, that the, our leader here in the US and, and Boris Johnson in the UK, and I hope he does recover, even though I don't support him. Um, you know, we might not agree with everything they've done, but we, we have to, I think it, we've talked about it before. We have to remember that they are playing their part in the revealing of all that's not working in our systems and our institutions. They are just kind of pieces of the jigsaw of this um, big revealing um, that we're going through and the big transformation that we're going through. So it's possible to, you know, not get into, I think we're only hurting ourselves when we constantly enraged at every moment that we do it. That doesn't mean you agree with them and it doesn't mean you sit back and let it. It's best to move the focus back into what can I do? How can I bring this change? How can I um, create change I want to see? Like Jen's card, how can I um, reach for the holy grail that we really want, that we really desire? instead of just fighting against all the time, all this resistance is actually making it worse. Right. I think this idea that we are, um, you know, I think what's really important here is to understand that the energy we use to get angry or enraged because people aren't following the rules is um, it's all about our own stuff. And we're never going to expand into or have the energy to find the Holy Grail, right? Mm -hmm. If we're so focused on making other people behave, uh, just realizing, I think it's really important that everyone's here to do something. So what are you here to do? Um, and I do want to just address this idea of fear, like this idea of people choose to be in fear. Like this is a choice. Like I know people say, what are you talking about? It's not a choice, but it is. It's a choice because fear is, a, to me, I think fear is a great teacher. It's a way shower. So we can go, I am afraid. There's nothing wrong with being afraid, right? The issue comes is if we're in fear of being, you know, open about our fear, right? If we can just say, I'm in fear and I, I need direction, I need help. I, there's something missing. Why am I in fear? Like, I think a lot of reason we're in fear right now is because we've never done this before, right? Yeah. We don't know what it looks like. And it's like, yeah, okay, I can understand why I'm in fear about that. Um, but does that mean that I'm just not going to do anything because I'm in fear? Or does that mean I'm still going to do something and uh, in spite of my fear, right? So what are we doing? I think this is the bigger picture. Fear is fine, but what are you doing with that fear? Are you using it to attack others? Are you using it to play small? Are you using it to blame and shame? Or are you going, okay, there's something I need to know. I don't know how to plant a garden. I don't know how to, whatever it is. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to earn money. What is it that you need to do in order to step to the next role? And just using that creativity. This month is key to kind of planting some seed that's going to take us forward. It is, absolutely. And uh, there's a couple of other things I want to mention about the actual chart. Um, 
we mentioned Uranus is at six degrees conjunct the new moon. Well, it's in a semi-sextile to Chiron. Those two are still in Aries. Those two are still moving together. And that's very um, innovative ways to heal and finding new ways and finding um, healing our own identity within it. So that's that's an ongoing thing, but it's almost exact on this new moon again. And we also have another semi-sextile and a semi-sextile is generally, well, there's mixed feelings about it. It means that the, the two planets are in the signs next to each other. Um, a lot of people say that, the, you know, they that means the planets can't really see each other because they're standing next to each other. But there's another school of thought that they're um, standing side by side, um, working on something together. <laughs> so I think there's always uh, two ways to look at it. And I love that Pallas Athena is at 29 degrees of Capricorn and Ceres is at 29 degrees of Aquarius. And they're both going to have changed sign by um, the full moon of this lunation. Pallas Athena is the visionary owl. She is this uh, the shield maiden that I talked about. Ceres is the great mother who um, is, she's represents grief, forgiveness, but also the cycles of the natural world, you know, summer, winter, harvest, all that kind of thing. And, and she's in Aquarius, the sign of innovation. And I feel that the both of them, right at the, the very end degrees of these two signs, are saying, right, I'm ready to bring quite visionary change in. Um, and incidentally, Ceres is also uh, in the shadow of her retrograde uh, at this point too. So we're going to revisit all this with Ceres. Um, and I think she uh, she and Pallas Athena, well, all these new bodies that traditional astrologers never talked about, I think they're crucial to where we're going in this in this new paradigm. They're, they've discovered and come into our consciousness for a reason. Ceres was upgraded to um, dwarf planet status when Eris was discovered um, in, in 2005. So she's become very prominent and she is about nurturing and what we, how we nurture and how we like to be nurtured as well. So it's all that earthy stuff that she's involved with as well. So I love that they are, they are what's called the anoretic degrees because that's like the whole um, power of those signs is in there. And Pallas Athena is starting to give us a visionary week way to create new rules to live what live by Sarah's is helping us to really innovate so i just love that there's two are there right. and it's fascinating on a bunch of levels one because the 29 is between right on the cusp between two signs so moving between two worlds so mm -hmm. bringing in the when you think about being in between two worlds it's allowing for new information to come in uh, the 29 also adds up to an 11 and of course that's a master number so it is about that mastery as well as the two it brings into the two which is about developing relationships in a new way um, and I do think what's so fascinating that so many of these um, kind of unknown planets that are showing up, they're females. So they are actually recalibrating um, this whole notion of who we're looking at for information. Mm -hmm. And that women tend to be very innovative. 
that they have, you know, it's just studies have shown that women not only are innovative, they understand relationships or people that are more in their feminine side. They're much better at bringing balance to relationships. They're much better at uh, negotiating um, and strategizing in terms of what needs to happen. They have the ability to do many things at once. So to understand that you need a strategy and tactics uh, this is a long game. This is not a short game that we have to be aware of. So for me, it feels this very comforting, the mothering energy of, um, you know, like we are being reborn, right? That 13, the renaissance, the rebirth of something new. And it allows us to go deep into the energies of the earth and the intelligence of the earth mm -hmm. as well as connecting to this immense energy coming from um you know the cosmos and the other thing that i find fascinating as you were mentioning about uranus and 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 um, um chiron this idea of expanding our idea of healing and disease mm -hmm. right because um this series is about the land our crops um, I think Pallas Athena is showing us that we need to be prepared to be warriors for the truth, the warriors of what we're bringing into the world, what we're prepared to do, how we can stock our crops and all of these things that are needed with the series mm -hmm. uh, connection. But also I think the Chiron and um, Uranus energy is a non-traditional masculine energy. And so this gives us a different aspect of the male energy, but also allows us to understand that um, we should not fear disease, but that we should find the ways to, you know, heal. Mm -hmm. um, I think also moving, we're moving into a time, and I think this is what they're indicating is we're moving into a time where we're going to bring alternative, more alternative medicines into the world, into the forefront I mean, certainly with this virus, they've shown us that people doing uh, Qigong in hospitals, people doing Qigong and, and uh, yoga and meditation and... and um, Simple things um, like taking vitamin C and or right. getting sunlight uh, some of the day. Right. It's all this kind of bringing in this idea that we don't need to dismiss the this, but we need to embrace it because it's very much connected to the earth, to the cycles, to the truth. Mm -hmm. And then, if you think about this idea that both Uranus and um, Chiron are at six degrees, I think it also tells us we have to be more um, connected to how we deal with our health and mental health, as well as emotional health. It's not just a physical, it's all connected. How we think about our bodies, how we embrace our bodies like how do we work with a physical body because of that connection which is you know working the land being true to ourselves taking care of our bodies so we can deal with whatever comes up uh, but also that six energy the shadow of the six is the martyr mm. and so it's so easy to slip into the idea that i can't do what i want other people are making me do it it's like no that is so unhealthy mm -hmm. to choose that path that I'm going to do because I think I'm supposed to. You can help your family, yourself, this planet, our, our group um, movement forward by being very aware of not being a martyr, 
but choosing to take the path of truth of what 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 if i really love myself first right that three then how would i be with people i love like when we are loving to ourselves we can compassionate we can give that to others so i think that's a huge part of this and another one more part about this martyr energy and i think this speaks to the warrior of the female energy that i think is interesting at least this is what i'm hearing so there is an aspect where we may have to kind of martyr ourselves in order to to make change mm -hmm. right so it's like we can't refuse to stand up because we may uh, find that uh, we are threatened in some way because the truth is greater than our individual experience right so you know and that's the other aspect of this virus is that some people will die and that's their that's part of the path to greater awareness greater willingness to speak up greater willingness to do things like if you know you're going to die tomorrow or next week like wouldn't you make different choices about your life the stories i'm hearing from those who have had the virus and are recovering now is that they all face death and they're all feel completely changed you know i really think this whole virus is just changing us completely it's it's helping a that the earth is thriving because of it because we're not out driving and flying and all those things anymore the air's cleaner than it's been before we can see the stars more clearly than we I've, i saw somebody who photographed venus from their window in chicago and they said they'd never seen it before like that because the air is just so dramatically cleaner because of this virus and everybody's staying home so i think our whole way of life and our value systems are shifting as as we've said many times i find it interesting as well that um venus and um, we are coming up to this venus retrograde um begins on may the 13th at 21 degrees of gemini but in this chart uh she's the ruler of the new moon she's in um a trine aspect to mars in aquarius they're both in air signs they're both in a very loose grand trine i would say to juno over there in libra who's all on her own still on the one side of the chart with all the other planets on the other side of the chart so she's kind of holding the handle of the bucket so we've got this air grand trine which is very much about thinking of new ways of doing things thinking of how we can bring everything into balance with the venus um the archetypal female and, and mars the archetypal male there's such a rebalancing going on and you know it does give me hope we are moving into the age of aquarius which potentially can be a really um egalitarian age where you know everybody works to their strengths and we we have less hierarchy and um but again it's also got the potential to be authoritarian that's where our free will comes in but i love that all that venus mars and and juno which is about our sacred marriage with each other with everybody really and she's there in the other venus ruled sign are all coming together to in air signs which is mental thinking to think of new ways to do everything and then we also have mercury the ruler of gemini um coming very <laughs> speeding up to um, meet the goddess of chaos um eris um at that 23 degrees again it's the number of our dna a number of 
uh, chromes, pairs of chromosomes on the 23rd. I, I truly do believe, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't do it from this, oh, you know, we're all reaching this form of ascension. We're all going into this 5D world. I don't know whether what all that means really, but I do think, I do think we're being upgraded as as human beings or being given the opportunity to upgrade a bit. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I don't, I don't know what I've never kind of, I could never uh, um, kind of tap into what people talked about. I mean, it's a, it's an intriguing idea, but I could never really uh, make sense of it because what I hear in the records and could keep comebacks, the same thing is, this is about us learning to be souls in human bodies. And so there's nothing about ascending away. We're not escaping. We're, We're landing up, our upgraded bodies. into what we really are, if you like. Right. So yeah. we can actually make a difference because as souls, we can do whatever we want. But yeah. when we come here in a body, how do we make this work in a way that has us recognizing there's enough for everybody if we're not greedy and grasping and we how do we do this how do we learn to be more um, uh, you know egalitarian more open to the idea that everyone has something worthwhile and that we're interested in everyone's say and that we need to take turns being leaders uh, to me you have a much healthier society when you grow leaders as opposed to keeping everyone like a robot uh, so I believe education, uh, understanding and free will around your body mm -hmm. and choices, having the information you need, right? It's really hard to make choices when you don't know what the truth is. I think that's part of this obfuscation, which has really created a problem, like even with the virus, people don't understand what's happening. But then they've, they've, we've been held in these kind of caves of silence all the time. So now we're breaking free. 23 is that number of breaking free. So having Eris bringing us, rolling in the ball, going, okay, this is it. She's in, uh, is she in a square to Pluto? In a square to Pluto that's ongoing for the next right. so, and months. <laughs> And Pluto, so it's that male-female energy again, a lot of that happening or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, whatever you want to call male-female, the two sides of who we are, the intuitive side and then the physicalizing side. Yeah. One side of us. Day, whatever, yeah. Right, but just understanding one side of us is this dreamer, this in bringing imagination and intu intuition into an idea, into who we are. And then the other side is the side that makes things happen in a physical world, materializes it. So we need both. We need to have an idea and we need to be able to materialize it. We need to decide on something and make those connections so we can bring this idea to life or we can connect with other people and bring it together this is what we're doing. So just understanding it's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what you call it, night and day. Yin, it doesn't matter. No. Yin and yang, male, female. It's, that's so unimportant. It's just understanding that the two are important functions. We need both. We need the, the drive to create on a physical plane. And we need the ability to dream and have an imagination to take this idea, not just leave it hanging out there as we have right bring it into being and we're, we're really coming back we've, we've said coming back into balance before but i had a thought as, as you were talking about 
the original pantheon of the gods. Um, I think, and I've long said that the age of Aquarius is bringing the ancient ways into a new way, you know, using them in a, in a modern way. And the ancient pantheon of the gods was not patriarchal. They had six men and six women, and they all had equal power. It was a council of the gods originally. And, and I think we have a chance to move back to that kind of council of everybody having kind of the talking stick, if you like. So it's a new, um, a new way of looking at new leadership as well. We don't have one person that has this sort of power, you know, because <laughs> we're being shown that that's not a good idea, really. Aren't we? <laughs> right. Well, it's impossible for that to work when one person thinks that that power belongs to them as opposed to the collective. Yeah. This is the point of having a collective is we all contribute and we're all equal and we all take chance, turns. Not everybody wants to be the one in the charge, but those who do must have the ability to uh, to take charge as a council. So everyone, and they're listening to the, the input of those who are uh, doing the work. You can't create something if you're not listening to the people on the ground. It's from the ground up, right? The roots, that's your root system. It's your strengths. So it could actually be a, a, a council and then leading down to other councils and all kind of... <laughs> Rings within rings. This is so important. Yeah. And uh, it's really understanding that, that no one's taking anything from you. On the other hand, it's a shared experience. So how do we make the best of a shared experience? Yeah. We don't just listen to five people out of millions. Yeah. We need to have the intelligence of the, the wisdom of the land, the intelligence of the people, the ones that are working. And they have a leader or somebody who's their representative. I think we should change some of the words. A representative who brings it and then that also you know cycles around etc because everyone has a different way of bringing knowledge and focusing just like you and i we talk we don't we're talking about the same thing but we talk about it in different ways and that makes it more interesting i think because it's not just one person's opinion not just you know it's like oh there are two people this is more interesting i can kind of find my opinion better when it's you know there's all those opportunities uh, so that's so powerful. I also want to address this idea that to me is so fascinating is, oh, okay. So the Juno, right? Mm. I mean, but besides what you talked about, she's also connected to uh, being a protector of um, women and children. So this raising the bar, raising the recognizing how important it is to take care of the children, to educate them mm -hmm. because they create the future. Uh, but also to the value of woman is so important. So I'm sure more of those things will be coming up uh, as well as she has a monetary connection and Venus, of course, there's that idea of uh, inflow outflow. So it may not be money the way we look at it, but certainly uh, exchange or recognition of value. So changing monetary systems, etc., changing how we look at money or how we earn money, Mm -hmm. uh, that universal um, salary or oh and I remember I was this is what came through when you were talking about this idea of the earth getting better because mm -hmm. you know we our system has manufactured a lot of stuff we don't actually need right Absolutely. factories pumping out crap that yeah. nobody needs because we've been uh, obsessed with you know 
having money so we can buy things. But what if we take away that whole thing and we don't need what we don't need? What do we need? How can we get it from people we know? Uh, how can we be more responsible uh, caretakers of the land? Uh, because it doesn't belong to us, right? Yeah. We're here as guests. So how can we work with all of those things in a much more mindful way? And then I wanted to address this interesting that uh, she has a nine, uh, you know, in Libra. You and know. of course, now that brings the six. We thought we have the three, we have the six and the nine. Those are the three emotional numbers. And nine is the one of unconditional love. It's the idea of we are one connecting to that space. We are one. Uh, very. Uh, I think Juno is so important right now because she's on her own and in the whole world. She's really kind of is carrying the rest of the chart. So and she's focusing, right? This is like this is how it's getting distributed. This is what's important. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And one we almost at the hour already. So okay. I just wanted one more point that I wanted to make. I mean, we can go on and on because so many things to talk about. Uh but um Oh, and Sedna is also at nine. And I think she's also playing a really important role because she has an, a great connection to the earth and understanding how to be at one with the earth, right? And what, and what my chart doesn't show because this, this software doesn't have it on it yet is that um, another dwarf planet, Haumea, is actually at 27 degrees of Libra. So um, we've got two of these new dwarf planets at 27 degrees of Venus ruled signs that are all about um, birth, rebirth, balancing, um, bringing back into harmony. So uh, yeah, right. I didn't mean right. to distract, but... <laughs> no, 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 I'm glad you said it because that's, uh, these are really important to understand the roles of these, these different mothering aspects that may not look pretty, but they're definitely teaching us uh, tremendous ways of um, looking at what we have like coming back to what we have as opposed to what I wanted I wanted this give it to me why can't I have it it was supposed to be this way and instead sitting with what is what do I have that I can create something with that I believe in how can I walk this path without trying to kind of reach out too far not that we shouldn't have a vision like you were talking about the holy grail vision but um, it's more about, and that vision, the Holy Grail to me is all about the spiritual connection. It's like having that relationship, right? With the divine, with the, with the earth, like knowing your place, not in a, in a negative small way, but in a true way. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I'm becoming. And this is what I believe in. And these are the steps I need to take. And I think these Holy Grail has always been elusive because we've been, yeah, we're looking for it outside, but it's inside, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> One, so on that note, the eight, we're in an eight universal year, month right now. And just the, uh, the nodes being at zeros, double zeros, that's like an eight. It's the breath, the breath of life, the beginning. It's the idea of bringing heaven to earth, of being abundant, but knowing we, we create our own abundance because we have a vision, right? I do, before we look at the symbols, I do want to mention the node shifting signs because this will be before the next um, 
uh, full moon after this new moon. They've shift signs, as I said, on May the 5th um, to Gemini and Sagittarius. The North Node will be in Gemini, which really is uh, pointing us to, well, A, they're moving into mutable signs. So we've got a lot of change coming. But uh, the North Node in Gemini is really about absorption of new material, new ideas, new choices, um, all that kind of thing. And Gemini is going to become so important this year with Venus retrograding in Gemini and um, the North Node in Gemini and the eclipses will shift into Gemini and Sagittarius too. So we're really being, um, with the South Node in Sagittarius will um, kind of bring up familiar issues that need releasing and old beliefs. Sagittarius is, is very much about our beliefs. We're really being asked to look change our preconceptions let go of any preconceptions we had or preconceived plans anything we thought we were planning before all this started is probably going to go out the window but we're going to be going in new directions and they're probably going to be more um exciting and uh, curiosity is going to be a huge value coming forward instead of sticking to dogmatic views so yeah. right more fluidity uh, and it's easier to change when you don't just what you, I was thinking about in terms of rigidity, in terms of religious ideas, as also medical, some of the things we talked about, yeah. ideas about even war, what that means, having these massive groups of people that don't, you know, it's all, you know, it's all moving kind of biological warfare, chemical, etc. So we don't need all those old things, but um it's yes, a very different fluidity that's going yeah. to just take us more and more because once we hit in December when um, um, uh, Saturn moves. To me. Yeah. Right, we're moving into this whole age of thinking about things differently, letting go of those things that we've held on to with such determination. It's not going to change, it can't change, we're going to go back. I, I was getting the vision a few days ago about Lot's wife kept coming up, right? Oh, yeah. This idea, um, if you remember the story where, you know, they're in this place where everything's falling apart. You can kind of say it's like where we are now, which is probably why I was being given that vision, right? It, you know, in the Bible, it says it was evil, but it could have been like this, like there was a disease, everything had fallen apart, the, you know, the monetary system collapsed there was like it just wasn't safe anymore right mm -hmm. and so lot and his wife get to leave to take whatever information they have to the next space and that's kind of all of us right but the one condition was don't look back and i take that as like this time we're in don't focus on what was and try don't, to make that don't keep come back. back when are we going to get back to normal that's, that's right right that the thing is this is what who we are now and where we're going so if you turn back you turned into a pill of salt which is like you will not be able to function you will not be able to move with the times you could possibly die or or just be a burden on the on your family on your community because you're so fixated on what was uh so it's like yeah move forward move with what you have to create something new because it's always changing yeah. Anyway, let's do the symbols. I'll read this time. 
So uh, we're looking at Taurus 4 because uh, we go up a degree when we look at the symbols. And the Chandra symbol is a man talking in his sleep. A psychic faculty is dreamt into and sustained, leaving everything wide open for passive absorption, going so deep in there, an altered state, that you become karmically thrown into the dilemma of translation between the worlds. Being used by astral forces and learning to adapt, indwelling a place reserved for those who are not ready to activate. But oh, the dreams, the vapours, remembrance, recapitulation, return, longing for connection between the worlds. You may be able to take the underworld route, route through if disciplined attunement is fostered. Creative powers are dammed up and filtered through into naive wistfulness. You wait, hope, and are drawn back and back until the inner worlds have been heard and respected and the balance can be restored. So basically the same. Go in within and speak to spirit and your dreams. Listen to your psychic connection in your dreams. Right. Mutate. This is where we are, right? We have to mutate. Allowing... And when it says drawn back, it's not talking about going to the past like we talked about. It's being drawn back into these receptive states and where the holy grail resides exactly (laughs) really beautiful and i love jen's (laughs) right so the sabian symbol of the taurus four the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and the keynote is riches that come from linking the celestial and the earthly nature In Genesis, the rainbow is the symbol of the covenant of God with Noah. In all mythologies, it expresses in one way or another a linking process or the bridge used by the divine beings to communicate with mortals. What the linking process brings to the individual consciousness is elusive, as the rainbow never ends where you are. Yet it is the source of symbolic, universally valid wealth. All wealth, in a very real sense, comes from commerce, that is, from the commingling of minds and from contracts, and thus is based on faith in the validity of a promise. So in this phase, we're given a mode of operation which reminds us of the symbol for the second second stage, an electrical storm. So man need not be overawed by the celestial celestial display of power, for it leads to a fruitful contact with beings of light. This is a natural kind of communion involving a transubstation of matter. Transubstantiation. Isn't that turning like the blood Mm -hmm. wine into blood or whatever? Right, well, communion really for me, because I'm not religious, but to me, a communion is about, it's a co-union, right? So it's just like that idea that we are souls coming into bodies. It's that moment when we kind of do, we touch the Holy Grail, right? We become mm-hmm. one with uh, who we are, or we that's connect. the idea of the actual communion anyway. It's like the... Right. Blood or something. Of the Christ turning the wine into blood. That's yeah. Right, right. So it it is. It's a very um, 
you know, and it's interesting, both of those are very similar in using different words, but this idea of what is it we, we seek that the beauty of the rainbow, but we know we cannot, we can't possess it, right? We just have to kind of open up to it and let it be. And it could be said to be the Holy Grail, the rainbow is too, because that's always elusive as well, that actual, but it's, it's really feeling this connection. And even though I'm not a religious person, I was brought up religious, you know, with Holy Communion and I was confirmed and all that. And it, that was very much supposed to be about taking the spirit of Christ, the Christ, not what it's generally been presented as by modern day Christians into you so that you live that message. <laughs> so. And you know, which actually makes me think of, because I don't know, I was, uh, religion that in my life was Jewish, right? Yeah. So what we have is that when you're 13, 12, 13, it's the rite of passage, right? You have a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah or something, a rite of passage. And it makes me think too that this month, because April is typically the month of Passover and um, um, oh, we have Easter. On the 12th. Right. right. And of course, Easter originally was a Sabian, a Sabian, a um, pagan. pagan right austera which was the the goddess of the fertility of bringing to life so this is yeah. why uh, it was this idea of connecting to the earth having sex doing things that bring life into the planet that feed uh, and blood and rebirth so. right and yeah. blood is part of that you know feeding blood into the earth yeah. uh, women would have their periods and let the blood flow into the earth to regenerate um so I think this is all part of it, right? It's so interesting, both of those things and everything we're talking about. It's all about the renewal of this time of who we are and what we're focused on. So I know, I know for our listeners, I know we're kind of in very challenging times. We've never experienced this before, but the rebirth is coming, you know, and it's, it's, I'm not saying project, you still have to be in the moment and do what you can, but just know that there is rebirth coming, you know, and we can be a part of that rebirth. So. Right. And when you think about the Renaissance, which actually in the bubonic plague, right? Rebirth, Renaissance actually means rebirth. Yeah. And what came out of it, there is extraordinary things that come out of terrible times and this is the thing to focus on. What is, is extraordinary in you that needs to come out? And for some of us, you know, it's all going to look different. For me, I feel like this is my time to take my role as a teacher and guide, step up and stop my excuses. Uh, someone else may have a completely different, they may feel like they want to make masks and that's taking them on their, their route to leadership. Planting a small garden, anything. One is maybe taking up art, like all the people, these families that are doing the singing and stuff like that. Any of those, it's a creative pursuit that allows your imagination to really uh, drop in. And it's like, this is what I want to do. This feels good to me. And that's the path, really. That's the path to wealth. When we talk about true wealth, it's being filled and expressed, right? expressing who you are out in the world and being free to do it. I mean, this is what better time to really be true to that. Expand through the heart, right? The love. Exactly. 
anyway we should just wrap up and tell people where to find us we've already uh as usual gone well over the hour <laughs> that's okay there's so much to talk about right now and, and we hope we do hope that you know listening to us gives you some um um, some guidance some comfort some hope um potential see that where where you can go what you can do to help this uh rebirth or renaissance yeah or renaissance however they say mm-hmm. <laughs> so jen how can people find you and just the idea of remembering that it's not a hopeless time right that Ooh, there yeah. are things you can do so this is it this is your um kind of invitation to to kind of sit with yourself and be truthful about what what's calling you no matter how small it is and do that um, so where people can find me so my website jenduchen.com so it's jen j-e-n-d-u-c-h-e-n-e and uh, you can hook into my monthly group my classes readings that i do there you can also find me on um you can google my name i'm pretty much everywhere um i have a group uh, on facebook called uh, we belong here i have a page on facebook i do weekly mostly weekly uh, videos on my youtube channel and i'd love to have more people uh, whatever it is as a follow or subscribe <laughs> because um you know so i can do more um and my cards, the Illuminating Journey cards, are available on my website as well. So. Cool. And um, similarly, my website is louiseeddington.com, which is L-O-U-I-S-E-E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N, just one D, my last name. I will get it changed to Cosmic Owl Astrology eventually. But <laughs> um, I have a Facebook page, Cosmic Owl Astrology, a YouTube channel, Cosmic Owl Astrology, Instagram, Cosmic Owl Astrology. Um, I am offering a free webinar call on this Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain. Um, you need to register for the call. You can find that I've realized I haven't put on my website yet. So go to my Facebook page and find it, Cosmic Owl Astrology. It's hard to remember to put things everywhere sometimes when you do it all yourself. And, um, um, and, uh, but the call will be talking about this Venus retrograde as Venus enters the shadow and how, how it ties into the other planetary cycles of the year and, and what that means. So I'm very excited to be doing that. Anybody that registers will get the recording, of course. I also have a Facebook group called Planetary Magic Cafe and my two books are available on Amazon. So um, everywhere, <laughs> like Jen. <laughs> All right. So uh, for now, though, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>